everybody. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to Infinite Quest. Remember us? We, we, it's been two whole weeks since has. we last spoke with you. We did you. a D&D episode last we week. We did do it. Yeah, but we didn't. I didn't sit down and record it on Thursday, so it doesn't feel real to It me. doesn't feel real, yeah. Well, well conventions, dude. It's, 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 conventions. it's convention season again. Yes, we are coming to you in the middle of convention, uh, like rescheduled, really, convention season. Um, we were at ECC last week. Uh, tomorrow, well, I guess today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, we leave for PAX Unplugged. We're going to be in Philly for the weekend. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be in MomoCon in Atlanta. And I have it on very good authority because I literally just answered the email. Uh, we've got some really great tour dates coming up for 2022. Uh, we've already got some conventions reaching out to us. We're finding out where we're going to be guesting and stuff. Um, so we're going to talk to you a little bit more about that during the interstitial. But very important. Speaking of butt, <laughs> before we begin, uh, we are going to give this episode a fruit snack warning. Fruit snack warning. It's I would say I was going to say the first time in history, but that's absolutely that's not, true. not true. What is what's a fruit snack warning? I don't understand. A fruit snack warning means we're going to talk about smacks. We're going to talk about we're not on TikTok. We can say sex. Oh, you're right. And, and we can and stuff. We can, I was going to start listing sexual words. Sexual intercourse. <laughs> Boner and Between stuff. consenting adults. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we are going to talk about sex in this episode. We're going to be talking about ADHD and sex drive and how sex drive can change and fluctuate and all sorts of interesting, cool stuff. Um, so if you don't want to hear us talk about sex and maybe even mom sex with each other, maybe skip this one. What did you say? Mom said were you saying like, mom, don't listen to this episode. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Mom, don't listen to this episode. It's true. <laughs> I always say that like I say that not because it's like I'm necessarily going to say something that I don't want my mom to hear. I'm very open with my mom about pretty much everything. But it's just I don't want that in my head. You know, That's like, true. oh, oh, my mom's going to hear this. And she's I very mean, respectful. your mom was on my Twitch stream today when I definitely was talking about the smutty romance that I've been reading. So. I might have accidentally recommended porn to your mom. <laughs> oh, I don't like that that sentence was said out loud in the world. Oh. It's really good porn, though. I guess accidentally is better. I just no. Well, I was just talking about the concept of the book. You like, were. That was the thing. Was what was I the was, concept of the book? Was it's it it's a nipples? it's a, no it's a smutty it's like a smutty romance, but it's it's like definitely about a brat like burnt out, gifted and talented, submissive brat with a praise kink. So is it about you? It's not about me, surprisingly, but I see myself in the character in a way that like upset. Like it's a romance. Like it's not supposed to be like high art, but I'm like, all right, come come through characterization. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, like Shakespeare wasn't considered high art at the time. It's true. And you know, so yes. who's to say that smutty sex books that they sell in airports right? aren't con exactly like the works right? of Shakespeare? You gotta right? I love an airport sex book, man. Could you imagine doing like two master's degrees in airport sex book? I'm just curious where you would like if you really were like, I'm gonna spend my life hard studying like like how erotic to write good airport erotica. Sex books. I'm just wondering what like. What chambers of the mind would you fall into? Would you realize, like, wow, they all are themed around Genghis Khan's takeover of whatever the fuck, you know? I don't know, like... I mean, there's been, I feel like there's been a lot about of, like, much. really interesting studies, actually, about, like, erotica and, like, and, like, how, like, the male and female gaze, like, differs, especially in, like, romance novels. Yes, I emphasize the Z because I wasn't going to let you make the easy joke. <laughs> it's a really easy joke. That's a really <laughs> I'll easy let you, joke. dear listener... On your drive to work, figure out what that joke was. People have been saying on my Twitch streams that they feel called out by the podcast when I say like, "Hey, how's the dishes going?" So how's the dishes going? Yeah, you're holding it. You're hold, don't drop garbage. that plate. 
don't drop that plate. You know that <laughs> scary moment when you're wiping a plate and you have to wipe the spot that's like under your thumb while you hold it. So for just a brief second, you're holding the plate between the sponge and your hand. It's a very scary moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very scary moment, Katie. What? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, you're holding right, the plate. Picture right, holding the plate. You're you know, you're plate. clamping it down with your hand. Right, okay. And you're, and you're scrubbing the front of the plate with okay. this little spongy boy. Okay. And like, but you can't wipe where your thumb is because your thumb is there. Right. So you got to wipe that spot. So do you like turn the plate? Or I like just lift up my thumb for a second and wipe with the sponge. So like the sponge, the oh, plate I is pinched between so the sponge I think and my I, hand. I think I just like move. I think I just put just my hand. Just ro- rotate, rotate boy. the plate. You know, honestly... I've never thought of that. <laughs> I'm thinking of that for the first time right now. That you could just rotate the plate. Yeah, I think like I like I'm holding it and I'm want like, uh, dear listeners, I am holding a plate You're and acting this plate, out yeah. in real life. So I take the plate and I would go like this, and then yeah, I think I would just do you just that. turn it. Yeah, huh. I think, I'm, or I just I, wouldn't wash that spot because let's be real, I'm lazy. Well, and also you have a dishwasher. So it's true. <laughs> just pop and also, like a lot of times, uh, you know, it's just like oh, it had crumbies on it. I don't need to like sponge it. Yeah, down. you can I sponge can just, that like, off. Wash it like that. Like, I guess I don't turn it also because I do feel slightly self satisfied when I do the thumb maneuver. You know, I feel like oh, because yeah. you feel like you like juggled something. Yeah, I'm like oh, cool. So I mean, I guess efficient. like maybe I would do it like that. Like maybe I would just put my thumb like all the way underneath and just like palm it. Yeah, like, I could Yeah, yeah. But I'm not like floating it in the air sideways like you are. Well, it depends on what I'm doing. If I have a lot of dishes, I always clear out the sink, right. and then I take dish the literal the plates. I stack the plates, biggest on bottom, smallest on top. Right. Then I fill the sink with soapy water. Right. Submerge all of them. Right. And so that way, they're always supported by the plates under them, so I don't have to hold them. Right. I just like wipe, and then if I have a two basin sink, pop it in that to the sense. to the next. You know, riveting, riveting. That's good. Speaking <laughs> of wet tops and bottoms. <laughs> I thought of that like five minutes ago. That was pretty ago. good. Well, so Katie, uh, also, can you please fix your microphone cable? It is stressing me out. Is it just taut? It's so, so taut. taut. Okay, it's there. so taut. You're going to unplug that shit. Yeah, that's better. Okay. So Katie, you said you, you promised you would get this one going. Why are we talking about sex today, Katie? What's because up? I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's fine. I told you I had a really good opener. <laughs> I would, like it's opening, it's yeah. really funny like i mean it's it's like it is something that i feel like people don't talk about a lot and i'm a certified sex educator now and i really like talking about like neurodiversity and sex and so i want to talk about like sex drive and how like people like neurodivergent people in particular our sex drives can very much like peak and valley and i've been thinking a lot about the fact that i ha- like i just don't want that <laughs> you don't have sex with- you've been thinking a lot about how you don't have sex with i've me. just been thinking about nothing about but I was I biffed that joke, but it was going to be super funny if I had gotten it out right. What what, what you got? You, you get I was take two. Say, I've just been thinking a lot about how awful it sounds like to have sex with you. But that was it. Seems it's, it's seen out. It's not really jokes. It's, it's really mean. It's mean, but I mean it in like a like a fun, no, no, hilarious way. Well, well the thing is, you don't tell people when you don't want to have sex. Like I don't right? tell you if I don't want you know a sandwich or something. If right. I don't want to go get coffee, I'm not like. Okay, just so you know, I don't want to go get coffee. I don't want coffee. You know? Right. But like most of the time, that's the case. I don't want to go get coffee. You know, I tell you what I do. I feel like actually you may have hit on something because I feel like that's one of the reasons why I actually really want to have this conversation is because there is a weird conflation in conversation with sex and sexuality and especially in conversation with neurodivergency. And you've talked about this a lot, but the sort of like myth that like every human being on the planet is just like ready to go at a moment's notice. Just like oh, yeah. drop of a hat, like let's fuck, right? Um, but like even more than that, I think that it's really in like if you use your coffee metaphor, I think it's really interesting. 
because if I want coffee, I'm very like vocal about, hey, let's go get coffee. I really want some coffee. Whereas if I don't want coffee, I'm not going to say something. But most of the time, if you, if you handed me a cup of coffee, would huh. you assume that I want that cup of coffee? Because uh, like what you yeah. know about me, yeah. what you know, like you know that I'm always, I always have a cup of coffee in my hand. I always have two on my desk. Like, yeah. I like the assumption is that hey, if I if I brought Kate a coffee right now, she probably wouldn't be upset about it. You know what well, I mean? I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I think the metaphor starts to break down because, like, what would be the analogous thing sexually? Like walking into the room naked and be like, meh. Perhaps you know is that because because well, when I, I, guess, if I, I hand you a coffee, I, I'm not forcing. I'm not right. Like, but I guess that's what you know? I'm saying. Like, is you like, still don't have to take the coffee. Oh it's no, just, I, I don't. I don't hand. have to have the coffee. But I think that people conflate the wanting of the coffee with the wanting of the sex. I'm not saying yeah, you yeah, do, yeah. but I'm saying that there is an assumption in our culture that every person all the time unanimously oh. wants sex until they don't, and then that's the minute where you say, "Actually, I don't want coffee." But instead of just being like, oh, they don't want coffee, I can go about my day. Yeah. It's then you don't desire me and you're not interested in me and you're a bad partner and you should you should just muster up your fucking, you know, spoons to be interested in coffee. The coffee is sex. I'm conflating the two now. It's <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and totally. I, and I think that it's something that we don't talk about a lot is that sometimes, especially for neurodivergent people, Sex drive can wax and wane. And when you're in like a low period, when you're in a, a time when it's like, hey, I'm really not that interested in sex, it can be really, it can feel really strange. It can feel really like, I think, lonely and really isolating. Um, but it also like I'm kind of in a place where like it's kind of freeing because I'm just like, I don't. It's good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not whatever. Because I've, like, I've, I think I've developed, like, healthier attitudes about it. Yeah. But I just want to, like, break the stigma. Because, like, I just, it does, it's not a thing that I think about. You yeah. know? I'm, I'm not, like, does that make sense? Yeah. I think, and I think for me, I, I, I mean, I, I always say this, so I won't speak for you. But, I mean, I, I, won't, I don't speak it for So, for me, that was a completely unnecessary qualifier. <laughs> that should be the name of our spinoff podcast. Completely <laughs> that, that only I host. It's right. completely unnecessary qualifiers, and then a, and then a riff on the qualifier, and then the actual point if he remembers. Um, and I do. Um, I think a big part of that for me is acceptance. Yeah. Um, because for me, as a man, particularly, I've grown up saturated with media that says the default correct way for a man to be is to be able to just fuck at any time, you know? Like, think of a movie where there's a guy at a place and then, like, a pretty lady walks up and goes, hey there, big boy. And then she, like, grabs him by the hand and he's like, of course, like, they don't even question whether or not the guy wants to. Of course the guy wants to. And then they go into the bathroom and he pulls down his pants and within three seconds is inside her. Um, again, mom, please don't listen to this episode. But like that was the expectation in my head for a very long time that that was what I was supposed to be. And that's just not what I am. And so throughout high school, particularly, but absolutely after high school um, and persisting to this day, um, I still get a pang of shame when that's not what I want. Like I, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of I don't want to get too specific or vulgar or anything like that because I don't want to I don't want to take away from the point. Um, but I realized that the problem wasn't my sex drive. My problem was my my understanding that it was wrong, that yeah. it should be a certain way. Um, 
And now knowing what I know about ADHD and sex, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like that one time, you know, that particularly traumatic time that I can remember. I mean, there are a lot of them. Oh, it was the fucking fan. God, that's what it was. That's why. Oh, it's because we were outside and there were flowers. Oh, it's because I had just read a really interesting thing about like every single one of them. The only the, the, the very the, the sexual experiences that I've had have all involved flow state, have all involved me being totally in the moment and me being totally in the moment is just not something that I can really control all the time. I think hyperfixation, impulse control issues, and regulatory issues are fundamentally tied to an ADHD person's relationship with sex because I, I think it's important to, to bring up all the time that ADHD is a disorder of regulation. It's not that we can't focus. It's not that our memory just sucks. It's that we can't control when our memory sucks and we can't control when and what we focus on. So similarly... Um, during periods when I'm very sexual, it's like obnoxious. Like it's, it's it's obnoxious. I can't think about anything else. It's like that's the only thing that would satisfy me, me right now. Um, those are few and far between. The far more often, there's something else that I'm hyper focused on, and sex is just in between me and the hyper focus. Like Questcraft, for example, right now is pretty much all I think about all day and making, you know, trying to make my stream more <laughs> Minecrafty. Um, it's like all I think about. And so even like doing this podcast now, like you had to like rip me away from making like this transition screen. And I was like, oh, God, that's right. Podcast. That's that's like my actual job. <laughs> this is uh, not my job right now. But anyways, um, so my point is, is I think acceptance is just understanding my sex drive is what it is. And it's viable. To, it, or it's liable to change. And it. You know, my, my my biggest thing is if I'm in a particular sex rut, and I don't even want to say that because that makes it sound like it's inherently bad. But when I'm in a period where my sex drive is very low, I f the worst I feel is when I feel like I'm hurting you, is when I feel like, oh my gosh, does Kate think this is like a commentary on, on you? And it just absolutely is not. Um, so that's that's sort of the worst that I feel. So anyways, I, I think what you're saying about like um, – you're okay with where you are sexually right now. Um, for me, whenever I'm okay with where I am sexually, it has nothing to do with where I actually am. It has to do with whether or not I've accepted where I am and realized that it's okay. And if I've communicated that to any relevant party, you know, because you, I mean, you know me well enough and <laughs> I, I'll tell you if it's like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to be sexually vacant for the next month and a half. I can <laughs> feel it. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> onward anyways i just talked for a really long time no but. it's okay i mean i think you also hit on something else which is because when we were planning for this episode we had this like debate about whether or not we should talk about sex or hyperfixation and i think that you kind of just like summed up a really good thing is that like there are other, like one of the biggest struggles especially with like just talking about adhd is that hyper focus and hyper fixation can absolutely set in and the same way that adhd is you know we struggle with like regulation. We also struggle, struggle, We struggle. That sounds like we, a real word. It's it almost. It sounds like a. It sounds like a. Uh, like a. Like a Doctor Seuss. Word. Yeah, it's like a, you know, if you give like an AI like to tell to draw a human face. Great. It's like okay, okay, okay. I see what you're going for here. Um, but like the struggle that we have of regulation, we also can struggle with regulating like those moments of hyper focus. Mm -hmm. And so, but then, but then you like, you know, zoom out a little bit more and what you wind up with, with is like, okay, I'm hyper-focusing on sex, right? Which is totally possible, totally normal. It happens. Or, or, or Eric, 
you zoom out a little bit more and then it's like the re- the hyper fixation on the rejection sensitive dysphoria uh. that you're experiencing because like y- your partner like said no or you know whatever which is like that like that's a health like i don't want to say it's like a healthy response to feel you know rejected if your partner turns you down for sex because like no one owes you sex like ever period end of discussion but I think that it is okay to talk about, like, a feeling of disappointment. It's just how you, like, act in that disappointment. Like, you have to be kind and you have to be a good partner and, like, not coerce and not force. But dealing with disappointment, dealing with emotional dysregulation can often be a struggle for neurodivergent brains. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you're frequently being turned down because one partner is is in this moment of, like very high sex drive, very hyper-focused on sex. And then the other partner is is completely in the opposite direction and in one of those, like, you know, valleys. It can be really hard and that can cause a lot of hurt and a lot of resentment. And it's and it can be really difficult to navigate through when you're when you're talking about these big, messy things like the rejection sensitive dysphoria of it all, you know? Yeah, I I, I like that you acknowledge that because I, I think it is worth acknowledging and necessary to acknowledge that like if you and your partner or partners or whatever, if you're in, if you're with a person that you sometimes have sex with, um, and one of you is into it, wants is is horny, is whatever, and the other is not, um, that sucks, you know. Like that, that doesn't like no, nobody's at fault, you know. Yeah. Like nobody's did anything wrong, but it sucks still, and I think that's worth acknowledging because, like, you know, when you and I are find ourselves in that situation, um, and one of us apologizes, it's not like. You know, if I if, if we're in a situation, let's say you're into it and I'm not for whatever reason, um, and I say, like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say I'm sorry, like I've done something wrong. I'm sorry I broke your window or whatever. Can I have my baseball back, please? It's more like I'm sorry, like I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that happened to you. It's just, you know, I'm sorry that this is the case. Yeah. Um, but I think it's but I'm just glad that you re- or you you acknowledge that it sucks, you know, and it's when things suck, it doesn't have to be because of somebody did something wrong. Sometimes it just sucks, yeah. you know? I don't know. Like, let's say I go to the store and plan a whole big dinner for you that I want to cook for you. And then I get home and it turns out you had just eaten like a huge meal and you didn't know that I was, you know, like that sucks. Nobody's fault. Nobody did anything wrong. It's a situation that sucks. I don't know why that specific scenario was the one I just thought of. That but was anyways. so, that was literally so specific <laughs> that I was like, shit, did I do that? Did you like, do that? that? No, that's you have, so I don't think you've ever done that. No, no, no. Because no. that's, well, that's why I would tell you because yeah. I would avoid that situation. Yeah. But either way, I, I just think it's worth noting that like things can suck and still have nobody at fault. Yeah. And I think those are often the hardest deals because we want to blame somebody. Yeah. Well, and being able to maturely and confidently sort of like look at those moments and say, hey, you know what? Nobody is at fault. And I think that can be really, really challenging. And the more that I learn about like neurodiversity and sex, it's fascinating. Like it's fascinating looking at the numbers. It's fascinating. You know, I trot this same stupid study out like every single time, but I think it's really important. Like um, 40%, like it's like 36 and 42, but like, so round it up and round it down. 40% of all genders of people with ADHD experience some type of sexual disappointment or sexual dysfunction. But the, the, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about that statistic is as that I, I've learned more is that a lot of times people use the term sexual dysfunction interchangeably with sexual disappointment 
And that's Hmm. two very different things. Hmm. Because, like, sexual dysfunction is set up to be a term that's, like, it's fixable. Like, something isn't working. I can go to the doctor. I can get, you know, like, a boner pill or, like, whatever. And, like, and my, my shit will be fixed, right? Whereas, like, sexual disappointment is far, far, far more common. And that's often what actually shows up in the studies, where it's not that there's anything medically wrong with anybody, like there's no physical limitation. But what it is, is like, I want to be turned on more. I want to want more sex because my desire is mismatched with my partner. Or like, I want to last longer during sex because my partner wants more sex, right? And so, or just because you want, because you well, and that and I was literally just about to say that, and so like the there's all there's like this really interesting conversation about that, and like okay, so if it's not actual dysfunction, how do we navigate through that disappointment? How do we navigate through those moments where like nobody's at fault, but like if I'm really not interested in sex right now, and you are, that is a disappointment. Like, I'm not personally disappointing you. Like, like again, you owe nobody sex. But, like, the disappointment of I want to be intimate with you, I would like to desire this more because that's a whole other side of this that I haven't even unpacked. But, like, and I, th- I think that's really important to talk about, especially with things like hyperfocus and hyperfixation and rejection-sensitive dysphoria and the emotional regulation of it all it's like sometimes disappointment can be just as hard to deal with as like a specific diagnosis of like you'll never be horny again yeah you know well can, the, the scenario that you were drawing of of sexual disappointment there can be sexual disappointment without the presence of sexual dysfunction oh yeah absolutely just That's a mismatch of, of alignment yeah of, yeah. of, of timing yeah and i think sexual uh disappointment due to the fact that it's complicated and infinite there's like literally infinite possible reasons one could be sexually disappointed um it's much more frustrating because the dysfunction is like oh this specific thing is happening how do i fix this specific thing whereas disappointment is vast yeah (laughs) it's vast it often involves sexual dysfunction of course i mean a lot of my sexual disappointment has directly involved sexual dysfunction um what i actually read i was reading about um uh i was reading uh that thomas e brown book um Right next to me. Um, I was gonna say I was like, it's right there. It is. Uh, a newer <laughs> understanding of ADHD in children and adults, highly recommend. It's got goldfish on the cover, which is slightly offensive, but <laughs> whatever. Anyways, very good book. That's cool. You can take my joke. Thomas E. Brown, please be on our podcast. Um, but uh he was talking about um how people with ADHD don't necessarily have bad memories or don't or uh you know, not bad memories like uh, poor memories, you know, their oh. memories don't suck yes. um, necessarily. Like nor... they're good at remembering stuff. Exactly. Okay. Not bad memories. Like nothing bad like ever happens to I us. Fell down and skin my knee. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I, I was confused for a second, but I got you. Okay. Um, yes. The poor memories, they don't necessarily have poor memories. They don't necessarily have trouble dealing with frustration. It's that they have trouble regulating when that stuff happens. He said, virtually every adult that I've ever, or excuse me, not every adult, every person of any age, any gender, that he has ever worked with has had at least one realm in which they have no trouble whatsoever that is usually present in ADHD. They don't have executive dysfunction. For for the duration of them doing that activity, they have zero symptoms of ADHD. And that can be all sorts of things. It can be video games, music, making little models out of coffee stairs, all sorts of shit. Um, 
it's that the, the dysfunction is that they can't just try harder and do that somewhere else. It's, um, uh, what is it? Uh, there's a word, a uh, symptomatically variable. Um, anyways, he then went on to talk about how one of his patients described it using the analogy of erectile dysfunction. He said, uh, erectile dysfunction, it's not that I'm physically incapable. It's that there's the situation in which I can is very precise. And if that situation isn't happening, then I'm not going to get it up, you know? So I think it's, I just think it's funny that we're using the opposite analogy (laughs) now. Um, of course that's different than medical erectile dysfunction, but you know. Yeah, Anyways, I got you. You got what I'm saying. That, was, that turned into a really ham-fisted thing real, real fast. No, it's okay. I but mean, I just it's think it's interesting good. how interchangeable they are uh, in terms of analogy. Yeah. Congratulations, you did it. You made it to the middle of the episode. Smack dab. Good job. We're so proud of you. Have a drink of water to celebrate. Have a drink of two waters. Maybe drink two waters at the same time. Hey, Katie, where are we going to be this is next in the time, next time, period of time? Speaking of water, in Watertown, New York. <laughs> I'm so proud of that. You're welcome. Hey, uh, so we have some really important information. We are uh, coming up on the end of our 2021 tour, and we are just getting started on uh, booking out for our 2022 tour. So we wanted to let you know that this weekend we're going to be at PAX Unplugged in Philly. Uh, the week after that, we're going to be in um, at MomoCon in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and we have just officially confirmed that we are going to be at NoCo con in watertown new york uh, which is going to be in june of this year um and we're also very pleased to announce that we are going to be a very fancy vip guest on the geek boat i thought we were going to say the geek boat cruise Cruise. yay (laughs) um we're gonna be putting some more information um up about that on the website because there are quite a few more details to sort out um, but we're going to be playing D&D. We're going to be hosting some uh, rounds of D&D. So if you want to come on a cruise and play D&D with us. Yeah, I'm going to be riding dolphins and stuff. Eric is going to be riding gonna dolphins. going to find a dolphin. Um, vaccine uh, cards are mandated for um, all of these events. So just know that going in. Um, we just feel like that's important to talk about. Uh, and perhaps uh, more importantly for the rest of you, we just want to let you know that in January, we're going to have Kristen from the I Have ADHD podcast on very impressive oh. a very a very famous ADHD podcast that is podcast that's like the first one that you come that comes up when you this search is the ADHD very first one. Uh, and I am going to be on the I have ADHD podcast we're going to well. be talking about sex and ADHD uh, I'm not sure when that episode is going to be coming out um, but we have it planned it's on the books we're going to talk we're going to record it's going to be great uh, and it's going to be awesome. So Sick. there's a lot of announcements, but we've got a lot of stuff coming up. So if you want to check out more, uh, learn where we're going to be, follow our tour, all of that good stuff. It is infinitequestpodcast.com. Transition. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so I talk a lot, or at least I think a lot. I don't know. I think I talk about it a lot too, but I think about this a lot. <laughs> that a lot of the things that are really shitty about ADHD are not directly the symptoms of ADHD. It's our emotions about those, fe- those oh, symptoms absolutely. of ADHD. Oh, absolutely. One thousand fucking percent. Totally. Like, forgetting your keys sucks. There's immediate shittiness to that. Like, it's it's inconvenient and all that. But far worse is the fury that I feel at myself when I forget my keys because it's the fourth time it's happened that day. Like, that's worse for me is that, that yeah. fury and anger and frustration. So similarly, um, you know, I would like to want to have sex more generally, just because it would be convenient to want to have sex more more often than I do, um, uh, just for me, like internally. But far more than that, far worse than that, is the shame that I feel about it. 
and the fact that I feel like I'm inconveniencing you or uh, disappointing you, dissatisfying you, um, that that secondary feeling about it is what hurts so much more. Um, and I was wondering if you identify with that feeling at all. I mean, I do, but I feel really silly because like I was going to say I feel the exact same way. Like I feel the exact same way when I'm in one of the moments of like, I'm really not interested or thinking about sex. But at the same time, like I was literally sitting here being like, my every day is made better just by knowing that you exist in the world. Like <laughs> sex with you is like great, but it's like a bonus. Like I'm, you know what I mean? And so like, you know, if you're like, oh no, we can never, I can never touch you again. I would be sad. I would be sad. I would be disappointed, but like, I just love you. You know, and so like it's funny because I was about to be like, yeah, the same. But then it's like, but my emotion towards you in that moment is not like, yeah, I do get so bad at you or whatever. It's like, no, I just fucking love you and I want you to be happy. Fuck you. Well, I love you, too. But I love you very yes, much. I do feel guilty all the time when I don't want to have sex. Well, I, I think it has to, a lot to do with um, people, neurodivergent people in general. Um, I'll focus on ADHD because that's the podcast. But uh, people with ADHD are always constantly told well people in general are constantly told and adhd people are no exception what is supposed to be the case what's supposed to happen we're supposed to be organized we're supposed to have clean houses we're supposed to you know have a sleep schedule that's you know 11 to 8 a.m or whatever there's all sorts of supposed to that has been drilled into us from a very early age and we inevitably realize that a lot of those supposed two things are just not who the fuck we are and we don't particularly give a shit you know yeah. a lot of my a lot of my like journey with my own adhd is having expectations put on me resenting them telling those expectations to go fuck themselves and sometimes the people who gave me those expectations <laughs> and then later realizing oh i actually independent from expectations do want to have my room clean i don't clean my yeah. room because that's supposed to, i because i genuinely like having a clean room um so it goes back and forth. But sex, my journey with sex is much the same way. I have this huge expectation of what is I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to satisfy a partner. And then mid-20s, I started realizing like, oh, that's just some bullshit that the media made up to sell movies. <laughs> it just makes for an interesting movie scene when like the woman in red comes up and grabs the tuxedo guy or whatever. Like it's just, you know. You ever watch movies and just go, wow, nobody in this movie is com communicating effectively. It's, it's that's because, literally how why movies exist. Exactly. If there was good communication, most <laughs> movie movies wouldn't happen. wouldn't happen. Exactly. And that's that. I literally sleep over that. That scares the shit out of me because we, we emulate movies. We imitate them. Yeah. So a lot of times when I see people having problems in their life, in their relationship, it's because they think it's supposed to be the way it is in movies. It's like, no. Well, no, 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 here's no. here's the here's the one. Here's the one. Here's the one that drives me. Huh, I get upset about this one is, well, I shouldn't have to tell you or oh. I shouldn't have to ask oh. because that that to me is, I think, one of the most damaging things that anybody, regardless of neurotype, can do in a relationship. But especially, I think, to and with a neurodivergent person is that idea of, well, I shouldn't have to ask and I shouldn't have to tell you. Oof. Especially like, and there's so many different places that shows up, but, but intimacy for some reason is one where I like, especially like once I started getting my certification, like I started like really unpacking a lot of like how much just unhealthy, like patriarchy, toxic masculinity, and like even just like into like white supremacy shit, like is it's just how ingrained it is in our culture, this idea that like we should all be fucking mind readers 
and and it's upsetting you know what i mean and so like this idea that i shouldn't have to ask for sex well no you can you can communicate your needs like that that's okay um you know the same way that it's like oh i shouldn't have to tell my partner like what feels good no your partner is not a mind reader like sometimes you have to do that and i think we set up these these completely unrealistic expectations because it's it's sweet it's it's romantic it's 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 lovely to think oh i've met this person and like we're so connected that like you know i want to be intimate with them and i want to like have this experience with them and like having to like show you where to put your hands like ruins that it like ruins the illusion that like we're like perfect soul bonded (laughs) soulmates or whatever and it's like no like that's that's literally just describing shame to sex it just w- with like a shinier bow on it, you know, it's like shame it's not- to sex. Yeah. The shame about talking about sex, uh. you know, like and, and it's and then that contributes more and more to like what is ultimately toxic, like communication and, and toxic relationship styles that are absolutely funded, founded in this. Like, I can't talk about this thing or I shouldn't have to talk about this thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, sex in general is a very difficult thing to. to well, not, I don't want to say difficult thing, but it's it can be. And well, that's, it and, it's, be, and that's OK. But if you are having sex, you have to develop skills and strategies to talk about it, even oh, yeah. if it is awkward, because that's how you wind up having satisfying sex. Yeah, frankly. I mean, one of um, uh, S-tier show, Big Mouth, um, at one point, one of the father characters says to his daughter, um, he starts talking about sex and she goes like, oh, I don't want And he says, if you're not ready to talk about sex, you're definitely not ready to have sex. And that that's a very specific instance. But either way... Talking about sex is part of being healthy sexually, <laughs> you know, if you if sex is a thing for you. I mean, also, I, I, I just want to note that I haven't brought up asexuality throughout this because just I'm not asexual and I can't speak to that experience. So if you're asexual and you're listening to this, uh, sorry, I'm well, sorry, there's I mean, nothing useful for you. In this I mean, episode. I, no, I um, challenge, but, challenge, okay, because okay. sex, like sex drive is different than sexual attraction. Mm. And people who don't experience sexual attraction absolutely may want to have sex for any number of reasons. Like they may just not be like particularly interested in like pursuing a relationship or just like feel that same, you know, sexual attraction. And that's okay because sexuality is very vast and like how we look at it is very vast. And like, you know, I've talked about this before, but like realizing that I am like the cookie cutter like look it up in a dictionary definition of demisexual was a really big deal for me Mm. because for a really long time like i wondered if i was like wholesale asexual but asexuality is a spectrum and demisexual is kind of like maybe a little under that umbrella depending on who you talk to um but the idea that like i really only can be sexually attracted to somebody who i know like and who i have a relationship with and who i find interesting and stimulating and cool and and whatever that was a really big deal for me because for a really long time i was like oh i just must not ever want sex ever because you know when you're a kid you start out you know looking at like celebrities right like and when i was a kid it was leonardo dicaprio that was that was the guy it was titanic you know and it was like and all the girls in my class would be like oh my god romeo or like romeo well yeah he was romeo romeo and juliet but you know oh my god it's leonardo dicaprio oh my god ellie's so hot oh and i'd just be like he's yeah but what if he's a jerk like i don't know anything about him like i don't want to kiss him i don't want to smooch him like he might be a douchebag and like 
it took me a really long time to realize that like as I like learned more about my own sexuality and like kind of how I approach sexuality, I was like, oh, that's why. Because attraction is different than desire. But we so often conflate it in the conversation that it can be really, really hard to navigate. Well, I'd love you, uh, dear certified sex educator, I would love for you to, to define both of those terms. What? Uh, uh, attraction and desire. Yeah. So sexual desire, we also call libido, which is basically like wanting to have sex. That's it. Sexual attraction is like the romantic, like turned onedness that often comes with the desire to have sex. But a really good distinction is that climbing the rope in gym class might turn you on, right? But it doesn't mean that you want to marry the gym class rope. Oh. When you put it like that, I kind of, I feel like I have, um, I, I feel like I have experienced libido without desire if that's if that's the correct or attraction was attraction that attraction yeah. yeah like you can be horny but not have any like place to put it well i think yeah not, not like your dick i mean like just like the general <laughs> god damn it like the feeling like the feeling of being like oh like i am interested in the act of sex or like you know exploring pleasure for myself but like i don't need a partner i'm not interested in like pursuing a partner in that way yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I, have, I think a lot of my sexual experience has been that where it was just like, ah, you, but not you. Like, because I don't know you or who you are. And I don't want to, yeah. you know, talk to you before and after, you know, or whatever. Like, I didn't, I, I feel like a lot of my frustrations could be actually summed up by my relationship to, to that, to having one, but perhaps not the other. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe, if maybe you're dummy, Eric. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe. It's entirely possible. I mean, my relationship to sex is, I mean, borders on detachment, um, which, again, like, I don't want to assign value, a value judgment to that. I, I certainly used to. Um, but a lot of the time for me, sex is equivalent to any other just activity, you know, like I enjoy ice skating, you know. <laughs> But not just all the time. <laughs> like, it's not just like right now at any given time, you can be like, you want to go ice skating? You're like, fuck yeah. But, you know, sometimes I do and it's great, you know. But when I'm, but similarly, if I'm not in the mood to go ice skating, I'm not thinking about ice skating. It doesn't exist in my brain. Sex is very much that way with me where it just, it just doesn't exist in my brain until it does. Well, that, that's the part that I think, at least for me, that I've really had to get comfortable like talking about is the fact that I forget that sex is an option. Like, and, and it's, and again, like, I think a lot of it comes with this idea that like desire and attraction and seeking out physical intimacy is all this like one blanket thing that like everybody experiences the same way. And that's just so quantifiably yeah. not true that it's exhausting. Um, but like, for me, like I will forget for weeks, for weeks that sex is like, like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the thing. But then also like with time blindness, like it will have been weeks and I'll just be like, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I, and you know, it's like, an, you know, like you guys are the most supportive partners in the whole world. So it's not like you're walking around sure. going, hey, 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 can we smash? Can we smash? You know, like no, <laughs> like no one in my life does that. And so it's sometimes I think it's like almost the opposite where it's it's like you and Chris are so respectful in like not wanting to pressure me that I'm always like, oh, fuck, I forgot that was an, an option that I could even <laughs> fuck. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. It's been like, you know, months. Like, I feel really oh, yeah. bad about well, that. The time blindness thing really hits hard because like, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, we totally just had sex. 
but when I like put all the pieces together, I'm like, oh wait, that was like months ago. But for some reason, my head was like, yeah, that like just happened. This is yeah. fine, you know. Well, and that's the thing is, is that especially with ADHD brains, we tend to latch onto the the feeling of the experience mm. and so like in thinking about it like if it was like a really good really positive experience like oh great that just happened because i'm able to recall it really really you know clearly whatever but it's like no it's been actually like a minute yeah. <laughs> also that wasn't me being passive aggressive i'm sorry no, no i did not i absolutely did not assume <laughs> you like side-eyed me i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> But I think I want to talk again about communication because I think sex is communication about sex, I think generally happens like later. You know, I was able to talk about cereal before I was able to talk about sex. You know, just like generally speaking, we start talking about stuff as we learn to talk and learn to be a person. Um, sex comes up generally I feel like you late. meant the podcast, the podcast cereal. <laughs> and i was like yeah i mean like we listened to it but i didn't think and you that were was like, like that super excited <laughs> and you that was like, like three weeks a, ago you, you meant like as a kid <laughs> as a kid like, talking like breakfast about, cereal. got it like okay. like like Captain Crunch, i was like what does sarah koenig have to do with this <laughs> sarah koenig be on our podcast i'll do a vocal fry just for you sarah, sarah koenig um Oh, but I think being able to talk about sex sort of happens later. And for a lot of people, it seems to just not fucking happen. Because, again, I blame a lot of this on movies and media and stuff. Um, that so much of the initial parts of having a sexual relationship with somebody can be uh, very, like, subtextual. And, like, I made a clever double entendre. And I, like moved my I you know when I rushed past the you know the person like I put my hand on her shoulder and then she like touched my hand well, whatever it's all very subtle and very you know right. playing the game for a lot of people that's that's what it is and so going from that to like a Wednesday afternoon just being like hey do you want to have sex I kind of want to no all right you know like just doing it that matter of factly right. it's a big transition and like it's it's and, 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 and getting there with people is very difficult I mean you're the first person that I've ever been there with where we can just straight up, which not to say that I don't like, I, I've talked about sex with all my partners, but like it was always, uh, there was always some level of reliance on subtext. Um, but as I've like grown as a person and sexually, I've, uh, I've had less and less need for the subtext, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, during like a scene or something, we might, you know, let stuff you know make each other read between the lines a little bit because it's fun it's sexy but just talking openly about like what i like happening with like well i don't want to get too specific but but the specific <laughs> things that i like like getting there is very difficult and i think for neurodivergent people who have trouble communicating often in general it can be just that much harder it's just it's a little further away especially if you have a uh, what is considered to be a different relationship to sex than what is very heavy quotes here supposed to be. Yeah. Well, okay. So I talked about this on TikTok today, but I also think that this is really interesting. And I genuinely don't remember if I already talked about this. So if I did, you can tell me to shut up. Um, but there is no such thing as like high libido and low libido. I mean, there there is in such sense that there are people who like feel more and less drawn yeah, well, to just sex. Well, just sense there's like data. But like, yeah, but like there, the but top of the bell when we talk about like having a high sex drive, we're talking about in relationship to yourself, how you normally are like, that is it. That's the entire conversation. And I didn't know that until like six months ago. 
Like, I really thought there was, like, some, like, old-ass book in a library somewhere that was, like, mm, normal people <laughs> must think about sex. Three point, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's, like, no, it's just about you. So when we talk about, oh, no, now I'm experiencing, you know, low sex drive, it's, like, lower than normal for you. Or now I'm experiencing, like, hyposexual or hypersexuality, and I'm thinking about sex, like, constantly all the time. And especially in, you know, like people with uteruses people who get periods like that's a constantly like ongoing thing because eric i don't feel bad saying this to you because we're friends and i trust you and also because podcast listeners we free snacked warning this i was horny as fuck yesterday like all day yesterday <laughs> all day i was like sex right that was it i was just like god damn i was like fucking reading like maxi romance novels on my phone like it was like a whole thing i was just kind of like ah sex and then today I was like, oh, it's because my period just started. And so like yesterday was like that last day before my body was like, come on, <laughs> like maybe we have a shot. And like that was the thing. And so like and, and that's very common in people who get periods is like there's like a cyclical nature to like I'm super interested in sex. I don't want to have any sex like, you know, whatever. And so then in the more broader conversation about like life, like, you know, we're touring, all of this different stuff is happening, whatever. Um, I also did just realize right now as I was talking that this does mean that I'm going to be on my fucking period all weekend uh, at PAX. I fucking hate it. Um, now I want to die. Oh my so, God, we'll hang on the hotel. We'll, we'll, be we'll hang on. I'll bring my heating get pad. Get some It'll blankets. Um, watch some. Dear listeners, if you don't remember the one episode, I have the worst cramps in all of fucking it's Christendom true. and it it's the true. worst thing ever. So sorry in advance if I'm grumpy at PAX. Um, but that's the thing is like is like and it can change so, so significantly so quickly that it's like as as a general whole, like as a general rule, my sex drive has been lower than it normally is for me. And it's because it's been just stressful and travel and the tour and everything going on. And so I've noticed that I've been like, oh, I'm not as interested in sex. But like today I'm like, how dare you consider observing me? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? And but now we're talking about sex. So I'm not like, ah, maybe I should mind a little bit. Like, it's changeable, dog. It's changeable. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think the whole for you thing is just important to remember in terms when you're thinking about your neurodivergence aside, um, when you're thinking when, you, when you're thinking about yourself and what you think you should be, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I'm using the word should very carefully here. Um, but how how do I say this? Um, your room isn't dirty unless you, dear listener, think it's dirty. There's nothing to do with what other people think about it. Your sex drive isn't supposed to be. There is no ancient tome somewhere with a number. Well, there probably is somewhere. Well, Does, I was, no, if, if there not, is, it's not right. No, I just think I'm challenging that a little bit because challenge. Because I feel like if somebody like walked in a room and there was like piles and piles and piles of well, like there's unsanitary garbage and right. moldy plates and everything. But like, even still, maybe if you're a person, I mean, who doesn't care about their own physical health or whether or not the room is sanitary. Still, I mean, I know that's a bit of an extreme sure. example, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. But either way, there's no there's no amount that one is supposed to want to have sex. That being said, I think this is really important to remember that if you are dissatisfied with your sexual that's the thing. Yeah, that's, that's the that's whole the, thing. Well, it's just like it's ADHD. not up to your partner. It's not up to to the movies and shit. If you are dissatisfied, 
then they're, you know. That's the moment where you might want to talk to a doctor or a sex therapist or something like that. Exactly. I mean, I think about that all the time in terms of other things concerning ADHD, like uh, cleanliness and organization. Yeah. Like, I wish I were more organized. Sure, I've been told to be organized a million times in my life. But at this point, I would like to be organized for me and me alone. Not because of expectations, just because I would like to, because I might be able to work faster or or whatever. So similarly... Early on, I was dissatisfied with my sex drive because I was told that it was supposed to be higher. And then I was like, oh, fuck all that noise. Whereas now any dissatisfaction I feel about my sex drive um, or lack thereof is because I would like to want it more. You said early on to want to want to have sex more often. I just think that's really important to bring up that you are the person who decides whether it's too high or too low or whatever the fuck. Nobody else. It's the same thing as like everybody's a little bit ADHD. It's like... No, no, because ADHD is literally defined by the the frequency and magnitude to which it affects your life. And so, like, if there is something related to sexuality that is causing you severe dysfunction, that's a problem, right? But the expectation that, like, ever, like, no two ADHD people are completely alike, you know, like what you're talking about with uh, the book that you're reading right now, like... And I think that is, it's really hard to learn that, weirdly. Like, it's really Mm. hard for me even. And like, I've been doing this for a minute. I've got my certification now, you know, all this different stuff. But it's still weird to think about that. Like, oh, my entire life, I was comparing myself to a normal that literally never existed, nor has ever existed, nor ever will exist. But like, that was the thing to which I was clinging. It was like, I have to want sex more because... I'm supposed to, or I'm supposed to think that every hot guy is like super sexy and I should be like turned on. And it's like, no, that's just not my reality. Mm-hmm. That's not how hot guys, the frequency and magnitude to which hot guys <laughs> affect me is much, much more minimal than other people. But it doesn't make it wrong or bad. It just means that that is my circumstances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, a lot of problem, a lot of the problems that I've felt and a lot of the sexual trauma that I have is when I uh, betrayed who I actually am yeah. for who I think I'm supposed to be. Um, like there was a time, I've pro- I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but in different context. Um, I was working at a restaurant one time um, and there was a restaurant next door and they would frequently come to our place on their break to, to get food. There was this girl that worked over there whose name I will not say, um, but it was a very pretty name. And it was a crush on her. There's no more, more than that. I thought, her crush on her. I thought she was pretty. She looked smart and like she was like into art and stuff. I had a crush on her. And uh, I let it slip that I had a crush on her. Or somebody called me. Either way, my, my coworkers found out. Uh, and we're all talking like early 20s, mostly men, mostly straight men. Um, so, so they were like, ask her out, dude. You, you, ask, you like her, ask her out. And the truth of it is I didn't fucking want to. I just liked having a crush on her. It was nice. It was nice, you know, and she'd like smile at me. And I think, I think she had a little crush on me too, perhaps. And, you know. It was fun. That was nice. I was fine with that. But I thought that I was supposed to ask her out and frankly try to fuck her. Like, I, I thought that's what was expected of me as a man. And they wouldn't, my coworkers would not let me forget that that is what is expected of me. Um, and so I thought, basically, I thought I would be, not, not only did I, did I think I would be seen as weak if I didn't pursue her, but I would have been, actually have been weak if I didn't pursue her. Because I thought that I, I, I was convinced I'd been trained, I'd been brainwashed into thinking that that's actually what I actually what I want is to date this girl and have sex with her and do all that stuff. 
When in reality, looking back, knowing what I know about myself now, it's like, no, I just had a crush on her and I liked that. So anyways, I did ask her out and we went on a date and it was fine. Um, but then we just weren't a match and I lost my crush. Now, every time she walked into the place, I remember that shitty date that we had that one time. And then it was like, fuck, the whole situation got ruined. We could have just had a nice little crush and that would be it. But anyways, it's because I, I betrayed what I, I, well, I don't say I betrayed myself. And it sounds such, it sounds so evil when you say it like that. Um, but I was surrounded by, by, I guess, propaganda and peer pressure that was telling me that I'm not a man unless I pursue the whatever. And not only am I not a man, but I'm supposed to be a man. What the fuck that is, anyways. So anyways, how I, long between that experience and like beginning to like do that unpacking was it? Was that like the first moment of like, wait a second, that wasn't actually what I wanted. That was just me getting peer pressured. Um, Because I'm I'm curious because I know that like nobody is like immediately like nobody's like a perfect fucking person. But I think that like your journey of realizing just how much like just inherent toxic masculinity you like absorbed is like really interesting. It's and it's really interesting to name it as that is like you weren't honoring yourself you were honoring the wishes of the people around you in order to like do what you thought you were supposed to do and that's like the definition of like shitty toxic masculinity (laughs) well yeah i I mean i uh, how, how do i say this um I don't, I'm trying to think of like an exact point in my life when like something happened or I had a thought or something that really changed, um, but I, or changed the way that I thought about masculinity and sex. Um, but I think, I think, I, well, to, to put it in a, a number on, I think I was around 24 and I think I just started to realize how chained up so many of the men around me were they couldn't actually just like anything they couldn't just do what they wanted and liked to do they couldn't be themselves for fuck's sake they couldn't know themselves because knowing yourself and self-exploration is for pussies and so i think i started noticing around that time um i mean i fucking hated toxic masculinity my entire, i mean i i was surrounded by it and of course i've absorbed vast, a, a lot of it and i have to unpack all that throughout my life um but i i've 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 been watching it for a long time i was not a jockey guy i was i was a robot music geek staring at the jockey guys and i was like wow those guys look like fucking assholes anyways <laughs> anyways not all junk culture is is terrible but some of it is um Anyways, I started realizing how unfree all these people were, that they were all in shackles, that if one of them heard a song that they liked, they couldn't just like it. They had to consider what are the guys going to say, you know, if I like musicals or if I like something or other. Um, and I think the seed of that was planted when I went to boarding school and I realized the what's actually cool, you know, and if you're in high school listening to this, please, please listen to this. What's actually cool is knowing what you like and just liking the fuck out of it and just doing it just knowing who you are and going for it it takes time to learn who you are but like just like what you like that's fucking cool the coolest looking back like the coolest people that i knew in high school and middle school were the people that knew what they liked and just fucking did it those were the cool people um those people were free 
So anyways, I am, um, I think as I started relating that to sex, when I realized how sex for me was not going to be this animal thing that seemed so simple and that seemed to be what it was for a lot of these guys. Honestly, I don't know if it was that actually was the way it was for them or if they were just pretending because they would get crucified if sex was anything other than, you know, um, anyway, so I don't know if that was an actual answer, but it was long. It was I, no, at, at some I, point I started realizing yeah. that these people are trapped yeah. and it's fucking boring and I didn't want to be trapped and bored. Well, I'm proud of you for doing that work because I know that's not easy. And I know that a lot of times you have to say stuff that is uncomfortable and <laughs> vulnerable and real. And I know that that's not always easy. So I'm proud of you. Well, I, I, I fully, fully do believe that 99, uh, perhaps more percent of all the world's problems can eventually be traced back to an insecure man. <laughs> so if I have a platform, <laughs> I should probably try to do something about that. Love that for us. Um, anyways, Bubs, uh, we got a pack. Did you know that? Fuck. For packs. Oh. No. We got to make our packs for no, packs. please don't make me pack. I hate packing. great. The laundry's done. I'm so We're already bad still packed from... We just have to but take we what to, we washed we, and pop it back to, in that thing. Yeah. But I got to repack, though, because I didn't pack good. What? How I got you... to pick new clothes. I was too cold in oh, Seattle. Oh, yeah. And Philly's going to be weird because it's going to be like 40 and then 50 and then 60 and then 50 and then 40. And so I like, I don't (laughs) bring layers. Yeah, that was my plan. And also, like, I never know how hot it's going to be in the convention hall. And I have this like whole sensory thing about being hot. I like freak out. And it's it's just like when you go to the airport and then you have to like walk really far. And so then you get like too hot and then you take off your sweater, but then you're cold and then you put it back on and then you're too hot again. And it's just like this endless loop of being too hot and too cold. And it's just the worst thing. And it really stresses me out. Stop looking at me like that. Sorry. No, it's okay. I I will hug you when you're cold and I will blow on your face when you're, (laughs) (laughs) this is what I will do. (laughs) Thank you. If you, if you, if you're looking for us at PAX, um, just listen for, (laughs) and, and you'll know that we are near. (laughs) <laughs> cool all right end of podcast enjoy this interstitial or outro wait, I, don't know. I was gonna say oh wait enjoy what? our patreon song here oh, it yeah. comes here it comes to it there's a patreon song's coming that's it that's the end of the episode congratulations you did it you listened to the whole thing you did it that's it that's did you finish your dishes did you how did you take out the garbage did you take out that garbage did you turn the, the laundry over from the washer to the dryer did you remember remember the 5th of november gunpowder treason did plot. you i was gonna do a thing but then i just forgot it was when, when, when we had v spehar on the other day i was like did you ever do you have that whole speech from v for vendetta when he was like ah who is but a function of the word what and what i am as a man he has this whole speech where he uses the word V a bunch of times. It's awesome. Anyways, we got some new Patreons this I, week. <laughs> I sat there quietly because I just wanted to know if you're going to do the entire speech. I, I thought about memorizing the whole thing before they came on, but I, I, I didn't. But I will have it memorized by the next time it comes up. I promise. Ask Eric at PAX to do the V speech for you. Oh, anyway. shit. Oh, shit. I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn it. It doesn't matter. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, if you are interested in supporting Infinite Quest and our mission of advocacy and education for mental health and neurodivergency and ADHD in particular, uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Infinite Quest. We're also very pleased to announce that we're now Patreon ambassadors. Oh, are we really? Patreon was so impressed. I mean, we did no work. But Patreon was so impressed with our community and everybody who has come together to support us 
that they well they sent us a sweatshirt that's basically yeah, all that we got but cool. we are it's Patreon nice ambassadors now and it's because of y'all so thanks for being such an incredibly supportive community and if you want to come over and, and hang out and at our table uh you can do that by visiting patreon.com and here are this week's new patrons you breathed at a weird time that I felt bad because I don't know <laughs> this week we have some new patrons to thank and it's been a couple of weeks I'd like to thank all the patreons and sometimes if they consent to it a kiss on the cheek what? I like Emma and Shireen and Stephanie and Benjamin don't forget about Marianne and Hemi Hemi Thushit Manthe and Bob and Bob and Bob and Bob and, and David also David. There's just one Bob. There's just one Bob. I just. There's 400 Bobs on the Patreon. Like Bob Martin and Bob Ross. I don't know. I was, I was, dude, Bob Marley is... and Bob and Bob. Who's the guy from uh, Price is Right? Oh, uh, Bob Saget? That's not no, right, but that's another that's Bob. That's another Bob. Uh, Bob. Uh... It's have your pet spayed and neutered. You know that guy, Bob. Uh, uh, Bob. God, they're probably screaming it at them. They are. Everybody's room. screaming at it. Bob right now. something. I don't know. Use it that rage to change over your laundry. <laughs> and have your cat so spayed and neutered. Thank you, Emma and Shireen and Stephanie and Benjamin and Mary Ann and Hamitha, maybe and Mandy and Bob and also David and also. You just made it so much fancier. Sarah You played a G7 there for a second. I did. Were you proud of me? Yeah. There. <laughs> Nailed it. That was a really good one. Sorry about that, that one, good. folks. We, we rehearsed that for six weeks. So, uh, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for hanging out. Remember to take your meds. Remember to drink some water. Remember to eat a snack. Remember to be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And from all of us at Infinite Quest, including Brian, because we did talk to him, we love you.